Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion Podcast. The number one youth ministry podcast on the planet. The show that keeps you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. Now, here's your host, author, speaker, and trainer, Paul Turner. Well, greetings, youth workers. I hope that you're having a fantastic day, wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing. Maybe you're prepping Wednesday or Sunday and you're getting ready for your midweek. Maybe you're getting ready for Sunday school. I don't know. I don't know what your schedule is, but I hope that whatever you're doing, that it is uh, exciting and fun. Uh, And speaking of exciting and fun, I am uh, back from Hawaii. I just spent um, about eight days in Hawaii. I was at the Youth Ministry Summit speaking at my friend Rick Bunchu's church at Kauai Christian Fellowship and was able to do some training there with uh, about 25, 30 youth workers, and they were fantastic. So big shout out to the island of Kauai. Uh, super fun there. Uh, I had a great time. Uh, then I was able to go and speak at Life Youth Camp, the camp that I received Christ at and I've been speaking at for the past. This will be my 18th year uh, speaking at the camp. So shout out to those guys. Campers were awesome. They were fantastic. Um, they will probably never listen to this podcast, but uh, I want to give them a shout out as well um, because they're just that awesome. You know, you have those camps. You know, if you're if you're a youth pastor, uh, youth leader, and you've just you've been to similar camps where it's every year, you know uh, that uh, those the, the tradition you build and those things are just they're just phenomenal experiences, and uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. So anyway, I'm back uh, from those things and I'm ready to get back to work at equipping and training you to build successful youth ministries so that you can build lifetime disciples of Jesus. That's what the big deal is. And today I'm going to be talking to you about the worst thing you can say to your students. This is the worst thing. And I have three reasons why it's the worst thing. So I hope that you're going to stay tuned for this. Before we get into that, though, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, uh, my ministry-minded coaching group has some openings. So if you are interested, I just did my first team uh, coaching experience where I've had a youth pastor and several of his leaders in on one call where we talked strategy. We talked about um, supporting one another. We talked about uh, how to move forward, the kind of you know leaders that you want to get involved in your youth ministry. And that's the value of coaching. If you've never thought about a coaching experience before. If you've never thought, you say, well, I'm just going to read books and I'm going to do, you know, uh, maybe an online course, which are all great. They're, they're fun. Nothing wrong with those things. But if you need real time uh, experience and real time answers uh, as you're doing ministry, then live coaching is really the way to go. So if you're interested in that at all, I do have a couple of seats available and I want to invite you to go to the link down in the show notes there and you'll be able to find out more about that. I would love to have you as a part of that because I believe I can work with you and help you, support you, encourage you, because uh, that's what it's about. It's not, it, yes, yes, we want to build successful youth ministries, but ultimately we want to build successful lives as youth workers. Uh, to find the confidence, to find uh, the, the self-esteem, to find all the things there that make us, you know, that's in the process of becoming all that God called us to be. And that's my goal. I want to help you guys. So if you're interested in that, there's a link down in the description below. Now, so what is the worst thing you can say to your students? Um, I was scrolling. There's, this is where it hits me now. I want to say this is not about 
the youth pastor who said it, it's about the statement. So I'm scrolling through Instagram and I stopped on a video of a youth pastor making a big announcement. And what he said, it just made me cringe. Uh, it was so cringeworthy. And it's the very thing you shouldn't say to your youth group or to your students. And this is what he said. We built this for you. We built this for you. Now, the youth pastor was announcing, he was announcing you know, a new youth room for their students. And I am sure that the youth pastor had the best intentions. And I, I, I do not understand the context. So I am basing my three reasons never to say this to your students on the statement alone and why I think it's toxic to your youth ministry. This is not about the youth pastor. This is about, you know, uh, I, once again, I'm sure he is saying to himself, this is a great idea. This is what we've built for you. We were, we're showing this to you. And, and my reasons behind this are these three reasons, okay? What I think that statement says, right? Because it's, it's, um, it causes uh, these three issues. Number one, it creates a, a, a you owe us type of mentality. Uh, I've heard pastors, I've heard other people where they have spent X amount of dollars on something. And then there's this mentality of, well, why aren't these students then appreciating this, Right. Um, and, you know, the youth pastor told his students, we built this for you, so come experience it. And this implies that the youth owes the church something when it is really the other way around. The youth pastor could have said it, and this is a lot of this is semantics. Our church loves students so much, is what he could have said. Our church loves students so much, we wanted to make sure that you had your own space to build community in. That's a different tone and communicates that the church believes youth are important enough to invest in it. Um, so when you say, once again, we, we built this for you, it's kind of creating that, you know, we've done something for you. Now you kind of, you know, owe us a little bit more. And it almost sounds like parents to some degree. Look at all that I've done for you. Look at look what we've done. You you owe us something, right? You, you're basically trying to buy off students. And once again, I don't think that was the youth pastor's intention. It simply struck me that way, right? If you if you're they'll know students know when when it's a transactional statement or it's an investment, they'll they'll know that basically you know that. Um, you know, there's no real skin in the game except for money, right? I, now, listen, I'm giving the church the benefit of the doubt, and I am sure the church loves teenagers, and that is why they invested time and money to build this youth room for them. But does the statement say, we did this and you should be grateful enough to show up? <laughs> I, I don't know why the room was built. I don't know if, uh, if because the youth group numbers were down and they needed a boost or were they growing and they needed to expand? You know, either way, building something for your teens may not solve an underlying problem that your youth ministry may have. I know that churches want to, in some cases, yes, upping the budget will certainly help. Um, but you got to have right people. All those kind of things need to be, you know, involved in that. Um, but the, the statement itself, like we built this for you. You should never say that, especially in a transactional sense, because then it creates that, you know, look what look what we've done for you. Now, what are you going to do for us? That's the first reason. It creates to me, in my mind, the, the you owe us kind of thing. And once again, I don't believe that was the church's intention. I don't believe that was the youth pastor's intention. I just think it was maybe poor language. Uh, the second thing that I think saying something like, we built this for you, says we're throwing money at you. Once again, 
This youth pastor is probably doing a great job, loves teenagers, right? There's no malice here. There's no, uh, uh, you know, you know, you know, there's no kind of villainous type of stuff here. This is, you know, he's probably doing a great job. And this is, this is not a hit piece on some youth pastor, but the words that he used, uh, I think youth pastors should just stay away from, you know, I've worked for many churches who thought if we throw enough money at this, we should get results. And so many churches don't get it. You don't want, you know, youth don't want your money. They want your time. They want your attention. Sometimes that in, in money, but 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 they want that that element that money cannot give them. You know, if a youth group is not building community, preaching the gospel, making disciples, new youth rooms are for nothing. There are plenty of million dollar youth rooms. Or, or, you know, those types of youth rooms that, that threw money at a problem that are half empty throughout the country, you know, because a new youth room wasn't the problem. The problem is that the church is caring about the young people's needs and what young people need. Do they do they need a new youth room? I don't know. It's all subjective to, to your church. But if you have a youth group who is maybe struggling um, I would say you build up, you know, the, the equity emotionally, you build up the equity from the stage, right? Uh, in the trenches. And if you do that, you know, you're communicating that you care about them on multiple levels. No amount of money will solve a half filled youth room. If there's no passion, if there's no love from the top to the bottom, from the pastor to the janitor, all these people have to care about it. There has to be an investment, a human investment in that. It's no different than a, than a parent frustrated with their child who blurts out, like, says, but look at everything I've given you, everything I've done for you, everything I've paid for. I've given you this new thing. I bought you a new computer. I, I did these things. You know, why, why won't you do these things? You know, it, it becomes all about the parent who was compensating for their lack of investment uh, time and effort and love and all those things to, to ease their own conscience when all their kid wanted was their time and attention. And so many churches do the same thing. We're going to throw money at it as a, as a stopgap fix rather than putting in the real time, the real investment of time, attention, development, all those kind of things. So listen, if you're in that spot, might I suggest taking the money you would spend on a youth room whatever price tag that is, and make your, you know, pastors, if you're listening to this, make your part-time youth pastor full-time or add uh, more interns uh, to meet more needs. Doing this says relationships, not rooms, are important. And if you're a youth pastor who's listening to this, listen, take some of your budget rather than, and once again, I'm a big proponent. I'm not against youth rooms. I, I, in fact, on my YouTube channel, I do things called videos called more than a youth room, which we talk about youth spaces and how important they are. This is not about whether uh, you should have a youth room or not. Have a, of course you should have one, but there's so many things that uh, a youth room cannot do. So if you're a youth pastor and you're trying to budget things, you don't need a new foosball table. I don't think, I don't think you need a new pool table or an air hockey table because I've seen so many youth rooms where these things go unused. They're wasted. They're, the kids don't care about it. Find ways to use that money instead for relational purposes. Find a way to use that money to, uh, to, to, you know, do you spend it on a week long hiking trip? 
something that's going to build those relationships and the depth of the relationships and not just the surface you know, relationship of look at the youth room we built for you. Yes, invest in your youth room. No, don't do that instead of real-time relationships. And the third reason I think you shouldn't say this to students because I think ultimately um, it sabotages you, right? It says this, we didn't need your help. Now, I don't know how much input the church got from the young people, according to this video. And like I said, it's a super simple announcement. It just caught me. The phrase caught me. It's, it's, it just grinded me. And it, because it says, listen, we didn't, I don't know. I don't know if they, you know, if, if they got input from the young people whom they're serving, but if they did not involve the students in the process of building the new youth space, both from input and physical labor, they did their students a disservice. We built this for you says, really says, we're really guessing at what you really want versus listening to what you really need. Churches and youth pastors need to involve students in the shaping of the communities being built. Church is not a service. Church is a gathering of people. And yes, you want to have a great space to do that in. And yes, uh, look, there was, uh, I've had plenty of times when I invited kids to participate in the painting of the youth room, right? And we didn't paint it all black. I only did that one time and that was a Sunday school room. So uh, may I encourage you, do not paint your youth room black. That is just a terrible idea that I, I just regret to this day. We don't, don't do that. But Yes, find ways to have kids participate. Let them have some skin in the game. Let them have a real physical investment, but also from an idea perspective. What do they what do they need? And yes, I say sometimes that look, kids don't really know what they need, but they do have an idea of the kind of community they want to build. And there are some, especially your juniors and seniors, who maybe have grown up and says, hey, we could do something a little different. We, we want to be involved in this process here. Um, churches is, is, you know, is not a full-time staff putting things on for its congregants uh, like a singing waiter selling the special. Churches is everyone helping to honor God with the gifts they've been given. Church is not building something for someone. It's building something together. You know, and I hope that was the case with this youth group. I hope the students were asked, what would you like to use this space for? How can we help you reach your friends for Christ? How much time can you give to the building of this new youth space? Those are key questions that students, if you're going to make an investment, that it should be a partnership versus a, hey, we're the, we're the guys with the big pockets, so we're going to throw a bunch of money into this thing, and then the kids should respect that. You see, if these questions weren't asked and the new youth space fails, it becomes the student's fault because they did not appreciate what the church did for them, or it's the youth pastor's fault. Look, we gave you this big youth room, we did these things, and then you did nothing with it. Yes, to the degree that there needs to be some truth in that, that yes, if you're youth pastor, if you're making the pitch that we need greater youth space, then you have to deliver on that. If you think that youth space is going to get you more students, you have to deliver on that. But I would say it needs to be more than that. If you have infrastructure and you do need the greater space, yes, go for the big ask and say, look, we could double our youth group if we had a better space because we have the infrastructure of the relationships, the team, the adults, all those things going for it, you know? Um, 
and and if you're if you don't have that, if you're saying, look, I believe a youth room is going to solve our problem, then you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble because you made a promise that says, look, give us the youth room and we'll build the youth ministry. And I don't I don't think that's how it works, because what happens then is then the deacons in the boardroom on those things show up and say, well, why are we spending so much money on the youth ministry when they won't show up? And that goes back to the youth leader, right? That's you have to answer for that. Listen, newsflash, right? They're not showing up because you keep building things for them. Not the students are not. They're showing up when they understand that their role and purpose in your church is because you built relationships with them. They're showing up for that. They're not showing up for the pool table or the foosball table or the air hockey or the light show. They're showing up because the youth pastor and the team and the pastor, hopefully, are all investing in these students, building these relationships. The phrase, we built this for you mentality, you know, eventually works against you. You may have small gains to begin with, but without the infrastructure of love, time, discipleship, and relationship, anything you build for your student ministry will fail. Likewise, anything you build with your student ministry with student input, all those kind of good things will have a greater chance of succeeding. Now, listen, I hope this new youth room is filled with students every week, but if it's not, I hope the church, the church, the whole church, the pastor, board, everybody goes back to the drawing board and discovers the relational component between their youth ministry and the rest of the church. If they'll do that, then they're going to find out that, uh, that there's more to be gained by the relational investment um, than just throwing money at a problem. And that's it, guys. That is my uh, story, and I'm sticking with it. If you've gained some wisdom from this today, if you're inspired, if you're taking notes, all that kind of good stuff, if you've if you've really benefited from this, I would love to hear from you. You can always join our Facebook group. Uh, just look up uh, Youth Ministry Emotion Podcast on Facebook. You can join the Facebook group. Uh, drop some comments there. Uh, and if you're listening to this via SoundCloud or on iTunes, why not leave a review? Just a few stars. It helps the podcast be found. So that is it for today, guys. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening to the Youth Ministry Emotion Podcast. And uh, I hope that it encourages you, keeps you motivated, and I hope it moves your youth ministry forward. So until next time, we'll catch you later. <laughs>